Alhamdulillahi wa'adu wa salatu wa salamu ala man nadibin ba'da amma ba'd Ağzı binayi min şeytanı rüzdimin Allah'a rahman rahim Ve la tehinu ve la tehzunu Sadakallahu azim Allahumma salli ve sallim ve barakana seyyidina Muhammedin ba'da alihi Ashabihi ecmain Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sallim Kur'an-ı Kerim La tehinu ve la tehzunu That don't worry and don't be sad. If we were to translate in very simple, contemporary English, do not worry and do not be sad at all. On every kalam and every shitab and every speech and every address, it matters a lot who is speaking, how they choose to issue that speech, and who is listening. Speaker is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-mutakallam Allah. His manner of speech is Quran wa Kareem. And the people being spoken to are you and me and anyone and everyone who accepts the message of Quran. La tahinu wa la tahzunu. Don't worry and don't be sad. Now this particular few words in Quran has a broader context. One day we may inshallah go into the tafsir of that. But today I just wanted to concentrate on its general universal meaning. Now it's a strange thing because that same one and only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send on each and every one of us many things in our life that outwardly, apparently, rationally should make us worry and should make us sad. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make many things happen to us in our life that do make us worry and do make us sad. And in some sense, if you look at the grammatical structure, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is negating something or prohibiting something rather that is already there. In other words, so if we were to open this up, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that when I, Allah ta'ala, send a situation or test or difficulty or trial or oppression or injustice on you, that will make you worry and will make you sad. Remember these words of mine. Remember my mercy. Remember my help. Remember the nur of your iman. Remember that infinite absolute justice will be on the day of judgment and on this world. Remember that this world is but a means of trial and test and tribulation. And therefore, when you remember me and remember these words and remember your deed, la tahinu la tahzunu, then no longer worry and no longer be sad. Erase your worries and erase your sadness. So this is the teaching of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So it's not that we have to be superhuman and we never feel worry, we never feel sadness. Because we will feel worry, anxiety, stress, tension. We will feel sadness, melancholy, even maybe some may feel depression. But when we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and remember Deen, all of those feelings go away. Another way you can understand, it's not just about Allah ta'ala's help. It's not just about Al-Takdeer, that, okay, I know that what's happening to me is because Allah ta'ala willed it to happen. He wishes it to happen. It's not even just about Allah ta'ala's promise about ease after difficulty. Allah subhanahu wa said twice repeatedly in Quran, that indeed after every hardship will come ease, after every hardship will come ease. All of those things, yes, are enough to remove our worries and erase our sadness. 
But then there's another aspect to our deen, which is sugar, to be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is to be joyous and happy, to take farah, surur, itminam, sukoon, to take uh, happiness, joy, delight, tranquility, peace, contentment from the fact that we are on deen. The very ni'mah, bounty, and blessing of imam. Far better it would be to be in financial hardship and have imam than it would be to be extremely wealth but not have imam. Far better it would be to be oppressed and have imam as opposed to not having imam and maybe living in a state of worldly peace. So the value of imam and the happiness and joy that comes from our imam is enough to overcome all worry and sadness. Our problem is that we're not able to take joy from the iman itself. Therefore, we need a lot of explanations about the on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ease after hardship, right? Because we can't take the joy from iman itself. So there was a second thing that a person could take, have taken joy from, should take joy from, that is their amal, their ibadat, their salah. Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam, one of his great attributes was whenever he was in a state of hardship or oppression because there was perhaps no prophet who was as opposed and treated unjustly and in an impressive manner like Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam was treated by the people in his time. And you see a recurring thing throughout his life is Sira. They turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in dua. They turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in salah. Tustayinu bis-sabri was salah. He was a living embodiment of that. And so why? He got joy from that. So it's not just it's going to happen instantly. Erase the words and erase the sadness. We have to learn to tap into the feelings of iman and to tap into the feelings of ibadat and a'mal and that will then enable us to erase the worry and erase the sadness. And if we're not able to do that, and let me rephrase, if we're not able to do that on good days, on days when we have no worry, no sadness, no difficulty, no stress, and on days like that we can't experience the joy of iman, we can't experience the ecstasy and happiness of ibadat and amal, then what hope do we have to feel that joy and happiness when we're in tough times and in difficult days and dark days. And that is why, you know, the amount of ghafla that exists today, so many people, it's been, you know, somebody was telling me about a study recently that people are sleeping less. Why? Not because they're working harder. No. People are sleeping less because they're just addicted for staying up late night in all types of fuzul. Might be late night surfing, late night random, non-beneficial reading, late night infotainment, or even worse, haram things such as all many different types of late night entertainment. And therefore, they're just going to sleep much later than they should. They're going to sleep at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., and they say they can't fall asleep, they have sleeplessness. Allahu Akbar. And so because they're not sleeping as much as they should, or as much as they need to, then their whole productivity in the day has also gone down. So whatever they do, their asal, maybe they're a teacher, maybe they're a worker, maybe they're a mother, 
they can't function properly during the day. Then they start struggling. Then maybe they try to increase their caffeine intake or they feel depressed about not fulfilling their duties or roles or responsibilities and all the deep spiral. And where did it begin if a person is a believer? It began with the inability to take happiness and joy and solace and comfort from one's own iman, one's own ibadat, one's own a'am. And the most simple way it can happen to a person is loneliness. So yes, I talked about some types of worry and sadness that are intense, right? Oppression, injustice, war, or intense, some fitna, some immense trial or test al-Sfanta puts a person through. Let's talk about something that is relative to those things less. That's loneliness. So loneliness, you're not suffering from any harm in terms of oppression or injustice. You're not suffering from any harm, you know, any plight or difficulty such as trial, test, and tribulation. In fact, some people now feel lonely even though they're free from all of those fitness. There's no injustice, oppression upon them. There's no major fitness in their life. There's no failure that they're having to confront. In fact, outwardly, apparently, and they will often say this, that outwardly, apparently, their life seems just fine. Their life is going just fine. Financially, they're fine. Alhamdulillah. Health-wise, they're fine. Alhamdulillah. They have received so much hidayah from Allah SWT and a tawfiq to have access to deen in so many ways, Qur'an, hadith, sira, ilm, amal, zikr, sohbah, so many ulama, shuyukh. So deen is apparently fine, alhamdulillah. So these are the basic things. Family and health and wealth are all fine, alhamdulillah. They've received a lot of hidayah on deen, alhamdulillah. But they still feel sad. Allahu Akbar Kabira. So it comes down to a loneliness. Now this is a strange thing. And I think sometimes this is also an emotional reality. And this is why if you go back to Quran Kareem, it's in, I don't remember, so it's in Anam or Surah Al-Araf, around there. In the there are many passages where Allah SWT talks about the story of Sayyidina Adam and the conversation then that takes place between Iblis and Allah SWT. And Iblis says, oh, you know, you, I'm better than him. You made me from fire and you made him from the elements of the earth. So then Allah SWT tells Iblis to leave, get out, descend from here. And then he tells Adam Alayhi that you and your spouse should live in Jannah. So immediately, the very first gift Allah SWT gave Nabi Adam Alayhi after his creation, because one can assume that this conversation between Iblis and Allah Ta'ala was right when he refused to make sujood to Adam Alayhi And Allah Alam, how long the time was between Allah Ta'ala creating Adam Alayhi and presenting him in front of the angels, but it might have been no time whatsoever elapsed. So immediately Allah Subhanahu Wa He gifted Nabi Adam Alayhi with a zoj, with a partner, with a wife, with a spouse is a better term, with a spouse. Uh, and so immediately there's no loneliness. Although you would think that oh, if Adam Alayhi didn't have a spouse in Jannah, maybe that could have happened on earth. But he would have been fine. He would have had Allah Subhanahu Wa He would have had Jannah. Allah maybe there were malaika, angels for company. But immediately from the very beginning of his creation 
maybe because he didn't have father and mother, he didn't have parents. Allah SWT gave him a zawaj spouse. So this may be some way we can understand that in our deen, there's an understanding and an acknowledgement that a person can feel lonely if they don't have kind, loving, supportive company or are not in kind, loving, supportive relationships. Now, in such a situation, when a person feels lonely because of their distance from makhluk, or they feel lonely because of an absence of makhluk, that is the time that when la tahinu la tahsinu means that you must seek happiness and comfort and delight in the presence of khalik, in the qurbu with khalik. So indeed distant and absent from makhluk, but near and present with khalik. Can you presently near and aware of the presence of khalik? In the qurb and zikr, taqallub and tadakkur, trying to draw closer to Allah subhanahu and actively trying to remember Allah to create a feeling of intimacy with Allah our creator that is the only thing that can replace the loneliness or sadness a person feels from creation so if a person is able to feel that closeness with the creator then they won't feel that absence or that distance from creation. Now, this is much easier said than done. And anybody who hears such an explanation would say, no, 100%, this is correct, and this is what I understand, and this is what I need, and this is what I want to do, and this is what I want to learn. And even they may try to try to learn formally, in some sense, how to do this taqarrub, how to do tadakkur. They may listen to talks on that, they may read all types of books on that they may try to set up a schedule of ibadat and zikr for themselves to get that nearness to get that closeness they may try to study ilm and knowledge to try to learn more about how to get that nearness and closeness but when it comes time to act and others when it comes at that night time and they have that feeling of loneliness in their heart they can't put any of that into amal They've learned how to make zikr, but they can't actually do the zikr when it's time for it. They've learned about different attributes of Allah, different aspects of Him, different du'as to call upon Him. But again, when it comes time to act, they're unable to act upon it. That is another strange thing. So not only they believe in what, what is the cure for loneliness, they have been trained, they've gotten the training on what is the cure for loneliness, they have the knowledge about what is a cure for loneliness. They know many different practices of ibadah, du'a, zikr that could take them out of loneliness. But when it comes to it, when it's 11 p.m. or midnight, they still rather just surf. Or they still rather just read random books. Or they... No, no. They still rather do random things. Now, it goes even deeper. Then, a person who is just like I described, they will feel sad about this. Everything I just said, they realize it themselves. Every day they will say that either I will go to sleep early or I will, if I'm going to stay up, I will do some ibadah, do some zikr. But they can't do it. And again, they end up surfing randomly, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. 
and the next day again they are groggy and unproductive and all day they make again resolve, niya, azm, irada, firm resolve and intention that they will fix their night. And again, when night comes, Allahu Akbar kabira. So the reality is that it takes a certain strength and a lot of us don't have that strength anymore. It takes a certain strength of the heart to connect to the Creator when you feel lonely from creation. So no doubt, whether it's spouse or it's friends, a person should try to increase their thought look, their productive, beneficial, permissible, shari thought look with creation so that some of this loneliness can go away. And that best thought look is thought look the deen, thought look the law. So if there are a few, let's say, people Let's say there are a few friends, maybe let's say a group of men, young men who are studying at a university, or let's say a group of women who have this problem and they know about that with one another, right? They should then reach out to one another. At that time, they should monitor one another. They should set up a group with one another. They should keep check on one another. They should keep track of one another. They should follow up on one another. They should check up on one another to make sure that that time, let's say roughly very roughly, let's say from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., when a person can feel or suffer from that loneliness, their friends and fellows and colleagues and associates aren't suffering. And this is a mutual help that people have to do for one another. You know, we see in Western countries, they have a lot of helplines at night. Sometimes they call it nightline. So nightline means the helpline and that starts, you know, whatever... I don't know exactly when it starts, but let's say it starts around 10 p.m. It goes to 3 a.m. Even they understand, even Western psychology and counseling and therapy understands that there's something that happens to a person at night. Shaitan also understood this, and therefore he designed all types of organizations and institutes and mahal and environments which are conducive to sin at night. Sayyidina Rasulullah, he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he understood this, meaning Allah SWT revealed it to him, and therefore he taught us, his ummah, to look after you pray Isha Salah. If you don't have anything worthwhile to do in terms of your deen or in terms of family, then it's better that you just go to sleep. In fact, the way Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu expressed this in Imam Khairul he made a whole chapter on this, and those who are students of the Bible, they would remember with fondness their studies of this chapter, but don't even speak Allah or any conversation conversation after Isha Salah. So Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi said, don't engage. Don't have conversation after Isha Salah unless it's for the sake of family or for the sake of deen, etc. Now, that's the ideal again. But if there's a person who can't reach that ideal yet, then they should reach out to their friends and fellows and associates and they have to fight this. And you have to fight the worry and you have to fight the sadness. And after reaching out, they must also make, and I will sort of end on this, but this is very important now, they must make that mujahada. They must strive to make those ibadat, amal, and adhkar that they've learned, that they sought training for. They must do amal on it. They must practically implement it at that time. For example, if there's a person who's it's not their mamul yet. It's not their regular practice, daily habit yet, to wake up for tahajjud before Fajr Salah. At that time, from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., they should make some extra salah. 
is to read some extra Quran. You know, sometimes there are some people who have so much time on their hand. This is not the time to drown yourself in poetry or to drown yourself in physics. This is the time to drown yourself in Quran al Kareem. To recite Quran, read Quran, study Quran, memorize Quran, reflect upon Quran, ponder upon Quran, and you will find that Quran al Kareem can be that perfect companion. Maybe you may not have people around you or friends or fellows you can turn to at that time at night. So the companionship of Quran al Kareem, the companionship of Salah, the companionship with zikr, these things lead to this companionship, khullat, yani intimate friendship, becoming khalil with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's very important that amalan, even if you can't do it, okay, you think I'm sleepless, I have sleeplessness, I'm not going to sleep till 1 a.m. and I can't do it for two hours. Just start, do your first start at 11 p.m. and last however long you can. Because if you begin that two-hour night slot with ibadah, with zikr, with du'a, with Qur'an, with ilm, then inshallah, even if, as you say, I can't do it for two hours. So let's say you get tired. Let's say you're not allowing anywhere to do it. Let's say you last 30 minutes. You last from 11 to 11.30. But the barakah of that, the barakah of that effort, that striving, that mujahada, and that barakah of that whatever ibadah, ilm, or zikr, Qur'an, du'a you make at that time, will grant you, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala's hifaza and protection for the remainder of the time you might be awake. So let's say from 11 to 11.30, you engage half an hour in deen, then from 11.30 to 1 a.m., let's say your eyes can't, you can't sleep till 1 a.m., you will be in hifaza. Inshallah, you'll be protected from doing something sinful. You'll be protected from doing something foul. You'll be protected from falling into the loneliness and anxiety. And you might even become productive. First be protected and then be productive. And the way to be protected is to make some initial effort for however long you can last to remove the worry and sadness of loneliness by turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We make dua and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us tawfiq to have good companions in our life and companions to our heart, fellow seekers on the path of Salat al-Mustaqim, we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala us a companionship of Qur'an al-Kareem, of ibadat, of dua, of dhikr, of ilm. And we make dua that Allah ta'ala accepts us for his ultimate companionship. May Allah ta'ala grant us quoted the dhikr, a nearness to him, and a closeness and awareness of his presence that can make us forget every distance and every absence and every loneliness that is in this world. And may Allah ta'ala give us tawfiq to make shukr and be grateful that for him, to him, for protecting us from all types of real worries and real torments and real trials and tribulations. And finally, we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa send a special nur and hidayah on the millions of members of our ummah who are suffering from war and injustice and oppression, who have every reason to be worried and sad, but still, out of the qadam of Allah subhanahu wa continue to have smiles on their faces. May Allah ta'ala accept us for the khidmah. May Allah ta'ala enable us to remember them in our duas at night. And may Allah ta'ala remove their oppression and grant them happiness in this world on the Akhirah. Wa akhirah da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.